This week on the Docs to Dads podcast, we are celebrating Mother's Day. I say all the time that parenting is most successful when it's a team sport. So today we are talking about our partners and specifically what our kids learn from our interactions with their mom. Whether you're still together with mom or not, it's all about the moms today on the Docs to Dads podcast. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast, a health and wellness resource for any dad looking to actively engage with their health, the health of their children, and building a stronger, healthier community around their family. Each week, Dr. Scott, a board-certified pediatrician, will explore topics relevant to child health and how dads can be an active participant in their growth, development, and other issues that affect children and the whole family. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Grant, and I'm very excited to have you here with me this week. I wanted to talk a little bit about Mother's Day. Uh, Mother's Day has come and gone now as you're listening to this. I want to just talk a little bit about how we should teach our children to interact with their mom and sort of some of the dynamics of that relationship. We've done a lot of uh, episodes in the past about the relationship between the parents. And I think that's really important. So go back and listen to some of those episodes uh, if you want. But today I want to talk, uh, take a little bit of a different perspective and talk a little bit about the way that our children watch our interactions between the parents and what effect that can have. So for most kids, they're going to learn the most about relationships from seeing the relationship that exists between their parents. And so that's one of the reasons why it's so important for us to invest in that relationship, especially if you're still together, but even if you're not. And so this is why one of the first pieces of advice that I give to couples that I meet who are expecting a child, especially their first child, the advice I give sometimes comes a a little bit as a surprise. And it's this idea that parenting is most successful when it's a team sport. And so don't forget to focus on your relationship first, the relationship between the parents, you know, within the context of the importance of the relationships that we have here, your relationship with your wife comes first, and then the kids come second to that. Because everything that you're going to do with your kids, teaching them about values and and all these other things, it's going to be built on the foundation of the relationship that you have with your wife, with their mom. Parenting is hard. I don't think that will come as a surprise to any of the listeners out there. It is most successful, as I said, when it is done as a team sport. We have to work together. And there's going to be moments uh, through our relationships when, you know, we're struggling with something or we have a big project at work. And so we're going to call upon our wives to step up and, and help out with some of the things that maybe we would ordinarily take care of. And there's going to be times otherwise when our wives get sick or they have big projects at work or big things that are happening and it's going to come to us to start doing some of the taking care of some of those things that they might ordinarily take care of right and we have to work together and i think this is really the heart behind that old adage that it takes a village to raise a child there's going to be moments along the way when you're not sure what to do you don't know how to you know help your child with certain issues and you're going to need to sort of bounce ideas off of somebody you're going to need to have that person that you can go to to help and it doesn't have to be the other parent 
And there are certainly times when that person isn't available for a variety of reasons. Uh, But it does work nicely if you and mom can sort of be on the same page, can talk about issues that come up related to the kids, try to be, like I said, on the same page with like how you want to move forward. Like what are the interventions that you want to do and trying to be consistent. This is a situation where you and mom are going to have different lived experiences that you bring to the table related to how you were raised by at least two different sets of parents. And that's going to give you each different instincts about the right way to handle certain situations, or at least maybe a knowledge of ways that don't work because maybe you had experiences when you were a kid uh, where things weren't handled the way that you would have liked or ways that were sort of even acutely traumatic to you or to mom. And so you and mom are going to have different strengths and weaknesses, different triggers, things that you can completely ignore that don't bother you are going to totally irritate mom. And there are things that mom can ignore that are going to really bother you. And you'll learn these things along the way. But the more you can sort of communicate with one another and the more you can learn from one another to grow together as parents and approach this as a team, the more successful this is all going to be, even if you're not still in your own relationship with mom. And we'll talk a little bit more about this, but I think that it's maybe even more important in those situations when you're not and you're sort of now running two separate households uh, and kids are sort of bouncing back and forth between the two households. It becomes even more important, unfortunately, that you be on the same page as often as possible because you get into a lot of struggles. And I see this in clinic all the time where kids start to get really confused about what are the rules because there's one set of rules at dad's house and there's one set of rules at mom's house and there's things that are okay in one place and not in the other and vice versa. And and it gets really confusing for them. They have to keep track of like different rules in different places. And, you know, you're not going to, I mean, probably part of the reason why there's two separate households is maybe that they're, you know, there needed to be two separate sets of rules. That's sort of a different conversation for a different time. But as it relates to the kids and their sort of day-to-day routines, the more you can sort of be consistent about some of those big picture, high-level stuff, the easier that's going to be for your kids. So this idea of like trying to be on the same page as parents is unfortunately even more important probably when you're running two separate households because that adds a, a layer of confusion already. And so the more consistency you can provide through that time, better and easier it's going to be for your kids. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about sort of how to navigate some of these things um, from my experiences in clinic um, when you're running sort of two separate households um, a little bit in a minute. But getting back to this idea that if you are still in a relationship with your kid's mom, then the other thing to think about is that there's a long-term strategy here as well, right? So one of the most heartbreaking things that we see way too often, both in my personal experience, you see this in celebrity couples pretty frequently, is that as kids, you know, as families start to have kids, the focus of the family life shifts to the kids and it gets busy. And then you have work and you have the kids and you have school and there's after school activities and there's so many different things and you're running around from here to there. And you basically get so busy handling all these responsibilities and handing things off of like, oh, I didn't get to that yet. Can you take care of that? Yeah, but I need you to stop at Kroger on your way home to grab some groceries. And we're like, you know, we're just passing off responsibilities to one another to just kind of keep things 
moving and then you end up in a situation where you just sort of end up living these parallel lives that you don't really interact with one another because you're so busy running the kids to different places and and those kinds of things. Then once the kids grow a little bit older and they become a little bit more independent and then once they're out of the house completely, things start to slow down. And then you look across the room at the other person and you're like, I don't, I, I haven't even really seen you in 15 years. Like, I, I don't even know who you are at this point in your life because we've been so busy doing other things and we forgot to come back together and reconnect. And so trying to make sure that you're taking the time to invest in that relationship is really, really important because we get to this point where there's a lot of sort of seemingly strong marriages that seem to just fall apart once the kids are gone because they don't have any anything left to sort of anchor them to one another anymore within the couple. There's nothing to like bring them back together because they've been so focused on the kids for all this time. And so you really lose sight of one another as intimate partners and you start to look at each other as just sort of like co-parents, even though you're still married and you're still doing all these things, but you're just, there's so many things to be done that you forget that you're supposed to still be a partnership. Um, and I think that is one of the things that breaks my heart the most when I see these stories in the news and those kinds of things. But I want to shift again the focus of this episode back a little bit to our kids' experience of our relationship with their mom. Because I think that this is something that we really need to be mindful of when we're interacting with our kids' mom, especially when we're doing it in front of our kids, because that's going to send messages to our kids about the way that relationships are supposed to work, right? Kids are going to learn about how parents should interact and how relationships should generally go from the way that you interact with their mom. Even if you aren't together anymore, that's just kind of the way their brains are wired up to a certain point until they can really get to a point where they kind of have a little bit more understanding, you know, and then things get even more complex as you add more adults into this situation with with step parents and you know this is the reality that a lot of kids uh live in and and maybe there are situations where that is in the best interest of of a lot of the people uh involved that's sort of too complex of an issue to break down uh in in this podcast episode and it's sort of not what I'm wanting to talk about but just trying to help impart the understanding that especially for younger kids the two most important people in their lives are their mom and their dad if they see them frequently the most important relationship outside of them, right? So like they obviously prioritize their own relationship with mom and their own relationship with dad, but outside of them, the most important relationship that they see is whatever happens between mom and dads. It's just the way that that is going to resonate in their brain, right? For you as a dad, your sons are going to learn how to treat their future partners from how you treat their mom. And your daughters are going to learn how they should expect to be treated by their partners from how you, how they see you treat their mom. Maybe this goes without saying, but the, the inverse is true as well, right? Like I'm talking to you as a, as a dad, but kids are also watching the way that their moms interact with their dads. And they're going to learn a lot from relationships from, from that side of the equation as well. And so I think I personally believe this advice hopefully applies equally to, to both moms and dads, but this is Docs to Dads, and, and I'm talking primarily to a to a dad audience. But So I, I want to just bring it back to this idea that your sons are going to learn how to treat their future partners from how you treat their mom, 
and your daughters are going to learn how they should expect to be treated by their future partners from how you treat their mom and how they see you treat their mom and how you talk about their mom behind, you know, even when mom's not around. You know, many of us, you might even be able to reflect on this yourself, thinking back on your own parents, whether they were together or not. Many of us have deeply ingrained memories, both positive and negative, of how our parents interacted with one another and how we wanted that to shape the relationships that we were going to go on and have, right? We wanted to imitate the behaviors that we saw that seemed to lead to success within their relationship or, or thing, you know, when things were going well. And we want to acknowledge that like there were some probably some decisions that my parents made when I was young that like they probably shouldn't have done. And and a lot of times my parents were very transparent about that. And we talked about it uh, a little bit. And, and then you go on to try to avoid those problems down the road. Think about that as you reflect on your own parents and then project that forward onto your own kids, right? They're watching you. And one of the things that you learn very early on as your kids start to get a little bit older, you know, my middle one is is two. Um, she's almost three now, but even, you know, she's done it for a long time. There'll be times where my wife and I are sitting having a conversation and we don't think that she's paying attention because she's playing with a toy or, you know, she could even be like in the next room over. You know, we'll be talking about like, you know, what do we want the plan to be for tonight? La la la. And we'll be like, oh, you know, I think the weather's nice today. It'd be nice to get them out for uh, a walk and like la la la. And the next thing we know, my daughter's walking in the room with her shoes ready to go. Like, like you weren't even part of this conversation. What's going on? So even when you don't think they're paying attention, even when they seem like they're in another room or they're on another planet because they're playing with their toys, like they're aware of what's happening. This provides you with a lot of opportunities if you want to sort of spin this in a positive way to say like there are opportunities to demonstrate like this is what a kind relationship between parents looks like. And if you're still in a relationship with that person, then like all the more opportunity to demonstrate like this is what a loving marriage looks like. And that doesn't mean that you have to fake it. And that you have to sort of pretend that everything's fine all the time, even when it's not, because every marriage is going to go through seasons where you're sort of fighting together, hopefully, on some challenge that's facing your family and you're trying to make big decisions and you're going to have different opinions and different perspectives. And so it's also an opportunity to demonstrate to your kids that, you know, parents who love each other can disagree. We can have different opinions about what the best next step is. We can have civil conversations about that. We can have disagreements that don't need to include physical violence of any kind, right? We can have conversations that don't need to include yelling, that don't include storming out the door, that don't include, you know, all of these negative things that can be very traumatic, both for the people involved in the situation, but also for the kids who have to witness it, right? We can demonstrate that there are ways to disagree and still find a path forward. Right. And so it's an opportunity for you to think about like every conversation that you have, there's a chance that your kids are listening in, if not to the content, at least to the tone. And you can demonstrate that there's ways to have loving disagreements as well. Right. So it's not that you have to like fake it and every conversation that you have with your your partner or with your kid's mom. Uh, while the kids are around, you need to sort of like fake it and like say, I hate you, but in a nice sounding way so that nobody knows that you're saying mean words, right? That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that there are opportunities to sort of 
give each other the benefit of the doubt and use nice language um, and sort of disagree, but in a kind way that moves the conversation forward insofar as that's possible. Now, maybe you're in a situation where your kid's mom is legitimately not a good example. They're truly struggling with some kind of like mental health disorder, or there was an abusive situation that you had to get away from um, and, and maybe even remove your children from. Uh, you know, this is these types of things happen. And I totally understand that. That's a, a unique situation. You know, I have I have a ton of parents who tell me in clinic that their child's other parent has bipolar disorder or something like that. And it's it's sort of too many people. It's not statistically likely that every time I hear that it's true. Um, but it does sort of speak to the real struggles that exist for families who are trying to run households separately, um, who have sort of maybe very strong disagreements about how things should go. You know, maybe things ended with mom in a in a bad way and you had your heart broken. Uh, you know, I hear these stories from dads all the time, both in clinic and sort of in this other work that I do, interacting with dads and, and talking to them about how to talk to their kids. But the thing to keep in mind related to all of that, like maybe all of that is true. Maybe you're in a really terrible situation. Maybe you got left in the lurch. You know, your heart was broken. Mom abandoned the family. Like these things happen. But your kids are not your therapist. And so I'm not telling you that you need to like suck it up and get over it and don't talk about it. And it's not like, please, if you are in a situation where you need help, find friends that can support you. We talked about that on last week's episode, the importance of having a community that you can go to when you're having these challenging moments. Um, find people like that. And if you need professional help to help you with some depression or anxiety or anger or whatever that might be coming from the ruins of this relationship, especially if it's a fresh trauma, like, please do that. This is not to say that you should just like ignore your feelings and fake it till you make it like that's not how this is going to work. But what I am saying is that your children, it's not their responsibility to help you heal from that relationship. And they don't need to hear constant stories and constant negative things about their mom. Because again, no matter what happened between you and mom to a child, you and mom are the two most important people in their universe. And hearing either of you say only negative things about the other messes with the way that they see the universe. And so you have an obligation to make sure that your children are safe. And so if you need to remove them, sometimes you do have to take drastic actions to make sure that your kids are safe. And I would support any parent, mom or dad, from taking the steps that they needed to get away from an abusive relationship, especially a relationship that included abuse of the children. But once you've established a safe place to be, they don't need to hear negative talk about the other parent because they're not going to understand that what you've done is like in their best interest yet. Someday they might. You may think that you're helping them understand these things better, um, but it's more likely to just make them wonder about why bad things are happening. It might even make them wonder like what mean things you say about them when they aren't around because they're going to go spend time with with mom and you know maybe you're saying mean things about them while they're gone too, just like you say mean things about mom while mom's not around, right? They may think that talking badly about other people that you don't get along with is sort of a normal part of friendship or relationships, right? So these are the kinds of things that you don't want to try to impart upon your child, which is to say that normalizing sort of talking bad about 
other people, uh, you know, more generally, but especially their mom, because it's going to cause them some confusion. So I, I understand that there's a lot of dads out there who are in a lot of really tricky situations, and I, I don't want to minimize that. I don't want to uh, make it seem like that was in, in any way necessarily your fault or your failing, um, but I would encourage you to remember that whatever happened, whatever the consequences of of those actions were, like your children are also trying to cope with that. And so they need you to be a person that they can go to to talk through when they're struggling with things. And they need to not be the person that you go to to talk to when you're struggling with things, right? You need to get those things figured out separately. Again, get professional help if you need it. Find a community of of men that can support you and and are good for you in terms of your growth uh, and helping you be a good dad for your kids, even if maybe you're in a season right now where you're having to be a single dad or something like that. Like there's support out there, not as much as there should be, and hopefully we'll get better supports out there for dads who find themselves in this situation. But it doesn't help the situation the way that you might think it would to talk bad about mom in front of the kids, right? And so what you really want is to find a way to make sure that your actions are demonstrating as much as possible the way that you would want your kids to interact with their mom, but also the way that you would hope that your kids will someday interact in all of their relationships with their friends, with future romantic partners, you know, future spouses, whatever might happen, right? And so you're trying to, especially as we bring this back to the idea of Mother's Day, right? It's a celebration of moms. And what we want to try to do is be the kind of dad who helps encourage their kids in celebrating their mom. You know, and this becomes easy, obviously, uh, easier at least when you're still in a relationship with mom because you still have the the relationship there that you're in so you you might feel a natural inclination to also want to celebrate her because she's your your partner in raising the kids and everything that you guys are doing you're doing together and and so maybe that comes a little bit more naturally but even if you're in a situation where you're not still in a relationship with mom i just want to encourage you at least for this week <laughs> to try to come up with some way to help your kids celebrate their mom so that's my going to be my challenge for you this week. Uh, you know, Mother's Day is over now, but make sure that your kids have done something nice for their mom for Mother's Day, if that's possible. And, it, you know, it's already over now, but, you know, you could still step in and say like, you know, we need to do some, you need to do something for her. So, you know, even if it's something simple, like let's get her, you know, some small gift or, uh, you know, something like that. Make sure that your kids are, are, understanding the privilege that they have, the the joy that can come from having a good relationship with their mom, even and especially if you don't still have that relationship with their mom. Because at the end of the day, we have an obligation as dads to teach our kids how to interact with the world. Uh, and that starts with their very, very small world when they're children, where it's just them and mom and dad and their siblings. And so celebrating, you know, the person who is one of the most important people in your kid's life is something that we should do something to try to help with. I just want to kind of, you know, give a little bit of talk, maybe weird to 
uh, talk too much about uh, Mother's Day on a dad's podcast, but I think there's a role that we play. You know, so many episodes of this podcast are related to like what are ways that we can support our partners and ask our partners to support us in this sort of challenge of parenting. And so it seems appropriate to talk about uh, Mother's Day and sort of how do we help our kids develop that, you know, in, in the Christian tradition, we talk about honoring our mother and our father, right? So, you know, how do we help them develop that idea to to honor their mother, uh, especially on this day of, of Mother's Day, but all the time throughout the year as well? Maybe that's one of your sort of core values for your family is that you you do honor your mother and father, right? That's one of the commandments. So if you're living out a, a Judeo-Christian experience, and that might naturally come uh, to your family. Uh, but even if not, even if you're you're not somebody who follows that particular religious tradition, having good relationships with both parents is always in the best interest of the child. And if you in some way as dad can support that, I think your whole family is going to be better off for it. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode. I hope you found it encouraging. I would love the chance to connect with you uh, through social media. Uh, If you would like to uh, send me ideas about episodes that you'd like to hear, or if there was something about this episode or a previous episode that resonated with you that you want to talk a little bit more about, I'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, I'm at docs to dads pod or on LinkedIn. You can just search my name, Dr. Scott Grant and you'll find me. Or if you don't want to do the social media thing, uh, you can always send me an email at docstodadspod at gmail.com, and I'd love to connect with you there. Thanks, as always, to my good friend Phil Rabon for editing this show, making it sound so great for you, uh, turning my sometimes rambling into coherent uh, thoughts uh, for consumption out there. Uh, So I'm always really grateful to him. He does such a great job each week. Tune in next week. I'm going to be doing another journal uh, article review. This time I found a recent research paper that was published about the effects that video games have on kids, both good and bad. And I want to just dive into that a little bit and talk a little bit about uh, video games for kids and uh, what we as dads should be thinking about related to that. Until then, remember that what you do as a dad matters. Keep building healthier dads, happier kids, and stronger communities. Thanks so much. The information included in this podcast and other Docs platforms is intended for your education and entertainment only. It is not intended as medical advice and should not replace a relationship with a primary care pediatrician or other provider who will give the most appropriate recommendations for your individual situation.